We have been talking about a life on purpose for the last four weeks. In fact, we've been talking about how God has made us with specific intention. Grab your notes, because here's what we understand. God is building a family, and God wants you to be in his family. Why? Because when you're a believer, when you become a believer, you're not just a believer, you're a what? Belonger, meaning you belong to him, you belong to the church, and the church belongs to you. You become a part of his family. Friend, listen to me. Everybody is created by God, but not everybody is a child of God. You have to choose to be a part of God's family. It's your choice. We were made to last forever, and you're going to live with God forever, but you have to choose to be together with God's family. By the way, you'll notice in your uh, bulletin here, um, you'll notice in, your, in the handout, I would just encourage you to read through this. Don't recycle it. Take it home, because there's lots of statistics of things that we've done together as God's family in the last year. Lots of information you want to read about, because this is your ministry. These are the things that you've been doing and giving toward, and, and it's just awesome. It's good stuff. I, I, our theme this year is together, because you're not just a believer. You're a belonger. And in fact, we're going to be talking about that all year long. And in fact, I've got Pastor Andrew. Are you around there? Pastor Andrew's wearing some swag. Come and model that for us. I'll, I want it. There it is. Model that. There you go. Turn around, baby. Just show him the. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, this is, we got some stickers for you as you leave today. Together, you can throw that on your Hydro Flask, or I prefer the Yeti, uh, free advertisement. There you go, Yeti. And uh, we've got sweatshirts. They are on sale today advertising the church theme. And you will look as good as this man if you go and uh, pick that up. But our theme this year is together. So everybody say the word together. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. And so all year, we are going to be talking about that. Uh, we've got magnets for you today. If you want to get a magnet for your refrigerator or sticker or whatever, uh, we just want you to be praying on this theme because God wants you to be a part of his family. Now, once you're a part of his family, God then says, I want you to share that with other people. I want you to tell people about God's purpose. God says, I want you to tell other people about my purpose for their life. God says, you're not an accident. God says, I made you to love you. Isn't that good news? That he has a purpose for you. And God came to the earth in the flesh to reveal himself to people and to die for the people. God says, I want you to share that. I want you to bring people and pass that good news on to everybody that you possibly can. Now, today, that's why I want to talk to you about your life mission. Your life mission. In fact, notice what Jesus says in John 17. He says, in the same way that God gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. In other words, Jesus is saying, that's why you still exist on this planet, is because you have a mission to do. In fact, Paul the Apostle, who was a follower of Jesus, first he was a great skeptic and he hunted down Christians, but then he became a believer once he heard the truth and began to understand. And then his whole life gets turned upside down and look at what he says about his life. He says, my life is worth nothing to me and yes, unless I use it for finishing the what? The work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the what? 
good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now, friends, listen to me. If that was true of Paul, that is also true of you. God expects you to tell people the good news, and he has put you on mission. Listen, if you had the cure for cancer, wouldn't you tell people about it? But you've got something far more important than the cure for cancer. If you had the cure for AIDS, wouldn't you tell somebody about it? Come on. Sure you would, but you've got something far more important than that. Listen, you know how to be right with God. You know how to have your past forgiven. You know how to have a purpose for living. You know how people can get a home in heaven. That's good news. Now, how do you share it? I want to talk to you about a couple of ways to fulfill God's mission, and they are very important words in the Christian life. In fact, I want for you to write these words down right at the beginning. Here they are. Write these words down. They are the words going and bringing. That's what we do. We go and we bring. In fact, I would say you cannot follow Jesus Christ without knowing those two words. Why? Because God put you on this planet to make a difference. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Good news to you if you've come to know Jesus because he says, you didn't choose me. He said, I have chosen you and I've what? I've commissioned you. I have called you to do something. So there are five things I don't want us ever to forget, and we're gonna keep recalling these things all year long, and we're gonna do it together. Five things that I know I can't ever forget about what God has called me to do related to going and bringing, and we'll talk more about that. But write this first one down, number one. I can never forget that I am commissioned by Jesus himself for a specific mission. And in fact, this mission is so important because it's the only mission that's going to last forever. Friends, listen to me. Your job isn't going to last. Your hobbies are not going to last. Do you realize even your family isn't going to last forever? Families split up. Families get divorced. If they don't get divorced, families eventually die or they grow old. But I'm telling you, there is one thing that is going to last forever into eternity, and that is the effect of your mission. God is going to say, what did you do with the life I gave you? He, it has eternal consequences. That's why it's so important. Think about this. After Jesus Christ died, you remember what happened? He goes back to heaven, and I'm just making this part up. This isn't in the Bible, but you can imagine it went something like this. Jesus goes back to heaven, and the angels say, man, God, you've just made this fantastic plan. Now imperfect people can get into heaven. It's called the plan of salvation. It's amazing. Jesus died for your sins. You can come to know God. He paid for them. It's incredible, Jesus. Great message, great news. And then the angels look at Jesus and they say, how do you intend to spread this message across the world so that every generation in the future will know? Jesus looks at the angels and says, I'm trusting human beings to share it. The angels say, human beings, are you serious? Do you know how self-centered human beings are? Do you know how egotistical human beings are? How apathetic people? You're trusting them? They may get it for themselves, but do you really think that they're going to pass on the information? No, they're probably not going to pass it on. So they say to Jesus, Jesus, what's your plan B? What does Jesus say? He says, there is no plan B. They are the only plan. Now, friends, listen to me. 
That means there are eternal consequences to how you and I live our life, to what we do with our days, to what we do with our minutes, to what we do with our resources. And again, I've said, but the Bible says one day you and I are going to stand before God and God is going to evaluate you on how you did in your mission. He is going to say, what did you do with your life? Did you fulfill the mission that I created you for? Did you do what I put you on earth to do? In fact, the Bible says each one of us is going to give an accounting to God. God is going to do an audit on our life. The question is, what is your audit going to reveal? This is why Jesus said, notice in the scripture, he says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent us. Night is coming when no one can work. God says we are on a time limit. Of all of the five purposes that we've talked about over the last four weeks, this purpose of mission is the most urgent. Every other purpose we're going to do into heaven, this one purpose we will not continue to do. So God says, I give you this life to do it. Now listen to me. Everybody listen. Guys, I'm going to speak straight from the heart. As your pastor, as somebody who cares about you, as somebody who loves you, I want you to be prepared for that day. I want God to look at you and say, well done. That's why I'm so excited. That's why, by the way, I'm so excited uh, that, you know, Pastor Andrew has put together these things you've heard about in the last few weeks called kingdom gather gatherings. And they're these informational, highly relational opportunities for you to learn how to share the good news. Why? Because here's the second thing that you and I we can never forget if you just write this down. God expects me to bring others to Jesus. That is an expectation. He calls it a co-mission. In fact, when you get to heaven, I just ask you this. Look at me for just a minute. Let me just ask you straight. If you're watching another campus, just look at me for a minute. When you get to heaven, is anybody gonna be there because of you? Now that's the question you gotta ask yourself. When I get there, will anybody be there because of the way I lived or the message I communicated? Is anybody going to come up to you and say, thank you. I'm here because you were bold enough to tell me the truth. I'm here because you were honest enough to tell me about what Jesus did in your life. See, this is why the scripture says we should be careful how we live. And we should do the work, notice it says here in the second line of 2 Timothy 4, it says we should do the work of telling the good news and we should complete all the duties given to us as servants of God. Friends, listen to me. It's your job. It's not something that just happens automatically. You have to work at it. You and I have to go after it. You can't be lazy. You have to say, I'm gonna work at this. Why? How many of you want your loved ones to go to heaven? Who here wants their friends to go to heaven? Who wants their coworkers to go to heaven? You better raise your hand. Come on. I want them to go to, no, don't say that. I want my children to go to heaven. I want my mom to go to heaven. I want my dad to go to heaven. I want my brother to go to heaven. I want my sister to go to heaven. People call me sometimes and say, man, my dad's about to die. I don't know what to say. Share with them how Jesus has changed your life. 
tell them to pray to receive Jesus. Well, pastor, I don't know all the verses. You don't need to know. Tell them Jesus has changed your life and do what Jesus did to the guy hanging on the cross. Remember me. That's all he had to say. Remember me. So you've got to say, listen, I am going to work at bringing people to Christ. Now notice, the scripture doesn't say that it's your job to convince them of a religion. It's not your job to attract them to a philosophy. It's not your job to convert them to a particular political party. Come on, is anybody here? That is not your job. What is your job? Your job is to share the good news. Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for your sin so that you can be right with God. It's that simple. Do you want to be right with God? Let's pray. Let's talk to him. In fact, I love, I mentioned Pastor Andrew that he's doing these kingdom gatherings. Take a look. He just had one, the first one of the year this weekend. 20-something people gathered in his home. Here's Pastor Andrew. Thank you for coming back out, my friend. And modeling. Isn't he a great model? Oh, yeah. Best you've ever seen. That's right. One of the greatest guys, can you just give us an idea of what's happening at the Kingdom Gatherings? Because you're going to do these like all the time. Every month, sign up on the website. Those 20-some folks that were there really, really, really had an incredible time. We, we were able to pray for what's going on in the world, and we were also able to encourage each person who came with tools in order to do exactly what Pastor Shane is talking about. How do we share our faith today where we are in Fresno. Yeah, and it's natural. It's just a conversation, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's as easy as breathing. You're just chatting with people. See, one of the hardest things that people have today is not getting in conversations. How many of you engage in conversation? Please, hopefully, everyone. Come on, of there you, you yeah, go. Good. Whether it be by text or in person. See, we all have conversations, but the thing that you and I often struggle with is what? Transitioning that conversation to spiritual things. So one of the things that we talked about, and you can come to the next, the next kingdom gathering. I'm not going to spill all the beans. Next month. Next, next month. It's, uh, in your, it's in your house. It's in my house. Yeah, come on over go. to Andrew's place. See, all, all, all church members don't want the pastor to come to their place, but they want to go to the pastor's <laughs> house. So come on, come on, come on over. Come you, on can over. they sneak into your bathroom and check in your medicine cabinet and look around? And, all oh, four okay, of them, right, come right. on over. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That includes the one in the back, you know, outside uh, by the pond. Um, so yeah, how do you transition a conversation? And one thing that I've found to be uh, really helpful is this. When you're talking to somebody, you just say, man, man, I haven't been through that exact situation. But I've been through something similar. And here's what I found really helps. And then you share the gospel. You share exactly what Pastor Shane was just talking about. And what did I just do? I just took a conversation that was moving in one direction. You were talking, I'm looking around here, about the Niners. <laughs> you were talking about something really important, a, a loss in a family or an illness. And you can then share, man, I have not been through that exact, exact situation I don't know what you're going through, but I can share with you something that has really helped me. Pastor Andrew, thank you. You guys gotta go to these kingdom gatherings. Seriously, thank come you. Come on over, come to my place. Now, another way, another thing the scripture talks about is not just what you communicate, 
and, and how you tell people directly. But it could be that, man, you're just saying to people, hey, come to church. Church is making a difference for me. And again, the Bible talks about going and bringing. And you bring people to church. You know, you could be so intimidated to try and get into the gospel or share anything about Jesus Christ, but you can say, come with me to church because I noticed this is making a difference for me. Now, by the way, we had a whole campaign on this last spring and it was called, do you remember? It was called Come In, Come and See. People brought, people brought others to Jesus all the time and they just said, come and see this man. They brought sick people, they brought lonely people, they brought worried people, they brought lost people, they brought children, they brought depressed people, they brought stressed out people. Everybody brought everybody else to Jesus and they just say, hey, come and see this man who's making a difference. And so we've put together a campaign that we did in the spring, if you remember, and we call it Come and See, because we're doing our best to transform our campus into a place that is so highly relational that it's really easy to say to people, hey, come to church and see the difference it could make in your life, and to have conversations. Come and see how Jesus has made a difference. Listen, a lot of people think they've gotta be some kind of theologian. No, you don't. You don't have to have the answer to questions. Wouldn't it be refreshing, by the way? People expect Christians to think that they have the answers. People think Christians are so judgmental. And if you're a non-churchgoer, you're a skeptic here, you think if I ask somebody, they're gonna act like they know it all. It's refreshing to people if they ask you a question and you say, you know what, I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good question. When you ask somebody a question and they're humble enough to say, I don't know, let's check that out together, doesn't that feel good? Sure it does. The best technique that you can use in communicating hope with others is just to say, you know, that's a great question, I don't know, let's figure it out. Let's go, it's very, very simple. Doesn't say to convince them, it doesn't say to argue with them, it doesn't say to take your Bible and beat them over the head. It says just bring them. Now the question comes up, who do I bring to Jesus? I wanna read you a scripture. Look here in Luke chapter 14. It says, and the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and to the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be what? Basically, this is Jesus' way of saying everybody. There's nobody who isn't invited. In fact, circle the word filled. Because Jesus says, I want you to invite people to come and see, invite people to come and experience the presence of the Lord so that the Holy Spirit can do his job. Guys, listen to me. Just look at this little picture up on the screen here that's coming up. This is your world. Your community, your ministry, your church, your friends, your grandchildren, your neighborhood, your city. God is saying, I've given you this circle of influence. Now what are you gonna do with it? I love what Paul says. Paul says, you know, when I get with people, I try and relate to them as they are where they are. Notice he says in 1 Corinthians, he's talking about this, and he says, you know, to those who are not having the law, because Paul was a Jewish person that went by the law or the Old Testament covenant. And he says, but you know, when I get with people who aren't like me, who don't have the law, I become like them as if not having the law because I want to win those who don't have the law. What's he saying? He's saying, I always just start where people are and I meet them right there. Now, write down this third point. This is so important. If you just write this down. Your interests are a part of your life mission. This is how easy it is. Your interests 
are a part of your life mission. Now, this is going to blow your mind because people ask all the time, how do I do this? Now, listen, here, the, the way I'm going to give you is a way you can start leading people to Jesus. I want you, first of all, to think about something you love to do. Think about a hobby, whether it's fishing or golfing or, you know, football or watching football or, you know, whatever it is that you do. You keep doing it, but you just start inviting people to join you that don't know the Lord. That's all you got to do is invite them to come along. And while you're relating to them, at some point, just invite them to church. Or just say, man, God's making a difference in my life. That's all you gotta do. Just do what you love to do and invite others to come along. Now, I'll give you an example of this. You guys know me. You know that I'm a movie buff and I love to watch movies. Um, I used to have the passes every time they come out for unlimited movies to go anytime I wanted during the week. I'll go by myself. I don't care. Okay, I'll just sit there and eat popcorn and enjoy it. But then I noticed, man, I love seeing movies so much, but there are other guys that like to see movies. So you know what I started doing around here at North Point? I started putting together what I called a men's movie night. Now, let me tell you, it was nothing more than this. It was me inviting any of you that I don't know who wants to go see a movie with me. I'm going to go see, and I'd go see every Marvel movie or every DC movie or every Jason Bourne movie or any movie. And I just invite, just because I figured I can go out with guys, I'll invite any guys that want to go with me. And you know what? So many guys, their first introduction to, to getting involved at church was just going to a movie with me just because I like to go to movies. So we'd go to dinner, we'd go to a movie, we'd get to know each other at dinner. In fact, I have a friend by the name of Stephen, and when Stephen came to the first movie night, he was so scared, he had not done anything at this church. He was, here's Stephen right here. Let's hear it for Stephen. Hey, good, good morning, church. How we doing? <laughs> now, Stephen, I want you to talk about, because I did this movie night, I think we're going to see a Marvel movie or something like that. It was Star, it was Star Wars. It was actually, Star Wars, yeah. okay, yep. all right. Nerd Haven, that's where I live, okay? <laughs> And it was Star Wars, and you know, you were coming to that movie night. Just tell us how you were feeling. Very nervous. Um, so, on my way to that movie night, <clears throat> I actually had what I would describe as a panic attack. Um, I was that nervous. Um, so, I had tons of anxiety about meeting guys. The problem was, I had problems, right? That was until I met Shane and figured out I wasn't the only one with problems. Yeah, he saw it right away. Right, but I mean, it is. It's, it's nerve-wracking going to your first movie night or, or trying to connect with a bunch of guys that you don't know, right? You think you're alone uh, in whatever struggle you're having, um, but it's not the case. And so um, on my way to that movie night, I ended up pulling over and calling my wife. And I told her, I was like, look, I cannot do this. I can't. Luckily, I have an awesome wife, and she encouraged me, and she's out there. Today's our 13th anniversary, by the way, Woo! so give it up for Fernanda. Nice. Love that. So she encouraged me. She's a great cheerleader, my biggest cheerleader, and I ended up going that night, and it was awesome. Yeah, and so he shows up, and like he, we start getting to know one another, and there were probably about 20, 22, 23 guys there. We're all having dinner together. Listen, that is his first experience. Now, I showed you a picture of him last week. He is now preaching regularly in our Spanish ministry. I mean, this dude, he's leading our Spanish, he's helping to lead our Spanish ministry. You run a discipleship program here at the church. Yeah, so, so what's crazy is when we went, so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings before we went, we went to the movie. <laughs> and Shane actually sat, I sat across the table as far away as I could from Shane, right? 
<laughs> so they, there was like three tables that they had put together, and I sat at one end, and Shane was at the other. And uh, Shane actually called, he called me at one point, and he was like, hey, come down here. And I just waved at him. <laughs> and then he did it again. We did this like three times, maybe. And finally, I went down and sat with him. Uh -huh. And that's when he actually invited me to be a part of a men's program. Um, and it was like, okay, see you in two weeks in Bass Lake. And um, five years later, I'm, I'm leading that very group that yeah. he invited me to yeah. be a part of. Yeah. And Isn't that awesome. <clears throat> seriously, I went to that very first retreat. And I mean, I couldn't even get my testimony out of me, right? Um, and like I said, now I'm, now I'm you know, teaching in Spanish sometimes, um, which is just, it's amazing. But that's yeah. what God does. Yeah. He turns things around. Yeah. He really does. Let's so. thank Stephen for coming out. Thank, thank you, guys. You, now listen, guys, this is just me doing what I love to do. I, well, I don't want to go alone to a movie. I just invite people. That's all you've got to do. And it's amazing. People are nervous, but it's amazing. They want this. Now listen, as a church, we are trying to change our environment over this campus through our Come and See program that we become more highly relational where it's so easy to invite people to church. And so I mentioned last year we started this Come and See. A lot of you have just started attending North Point. You don't even know about this. But because our construction starts probably in the next several months, uh, once we get permission from the city and released, if you haven't seen this, I want you to see the vision that we have for our future. Take a look at this video right here. Our vision is to see the property of North Point Community Church become a place where our neighbors experience inviting and meaningful community every day of the week. With wider walkways and additional outdoor seating areas, we see North Point's campus becoming an ideal location in Northwest Fresno for business meetings and casual conversations, a place for students to study and for parents to bring young kids in the middle of the day. A new amphitheater area will seat over 100 people as they witness the celebration of new life through baptism. Newly designed panels and improved sight lines make this area the new focal point of our expanded campus, creating a bridge between family-focused ministry and community-focused outreach. The vision for this campaign actually began around the idea of a professionally operated coffee shop on our property. From the beginning, we've seen our campus gather crowds for worship services. And in this next season, we see our campus development allowing us to reach people from all over Fresno and love them just as they are. The coffee shop construction and patio renovation will allow us the opportunity to create six distinct areas at the heart of our campus for friendship, fellowship, and ministry every day of the week. And in all of it, we have our church family and their neighbors in mind. It's our prayer that we'll see people in our coffee shop long before we see them in a church service and that someday they may look back and see that this place marked the beginning of something new in their life. Amen. In fact, you see some pictures here. Uh, we already, the coffee shop is gonna be called Origin Coffee because we're hoping it's the beginning of everybody's story right there, how they've come to know Jesus. And Origin is actually, we're practicing right now. We put the coffee machine on the patio, and as you guys go out there, that's actually us getting prepped on our, you know, very expensive coffee machine to serve uh, just the best cappuccinos and best lattes. Listen, Starbucks stinks, okay? So uh, we're gonna have it on them. It's gonna be amazing. You guys get my point, though. 
So I encourage you, if you want more information about come and see and how you can be a part of that, uh, we're gonna talk more about that in the spring, but you can pick up packets right in our lobby today or at our welcome booth, come and see. Now what you do is you pick something that you love to do. I don't know, what do you love to do? Some of you love four-wheeling. Some of you love acting. Some of you love arranging flowers. Some of you love art. Some of you love backpacking. Some of you love attending baseball games. All you have to do is say, I'm gonna invite other people and turn it into a ministry. Isn't that awesome? See how easy God makes this? What if you just begin to do that? Guys, we would reach the valley for Christ. Jesus says, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. But it starts here. And, and notice, Jesus didn't say just go where it's convenient. He didn't just say go where it's close to you. Now, we are trying to do that. We're starting where we are. But he says go everywhere. Let me just take a minute. One of the reasons we do mission at North Points, and I introduce you to Pastor Andrew, because he's trying to put together teams that will go all over the planet. In fact, go ahead and take a look at this. This year, these are all the places that we're going. We've got kingdom gatherings, but we're taking trips to Mexico, to Kenya, to the Caribbean, to Poland, to South Asia. And it's like we're doing these gatherings to get people educated so that they can know we are mandated to go. We start here, but go is the key word for believers. And guys, isn't it amazing that at North Point Church, just our local church here, at our campuses, we have seen last year, we saw goodness, you just look at the stats, you just look at the statistics in here, and there was over 100 people just baptized, saying, I wanna commit my life to Jesus Christ. By the way, we're doing baptisms today if you wanna be baptized and you've committed your life to Jesus, and start the year right in January, get baptized. And, uh, but we've baptized hundreds of people, you'll notice. Uh, all last year. And by the, the same thing is happening all over the world. Take a look at these baptisms. I don't know if you know, but we're getting ready to go to India, and we have uh, five to seven churches that are North Point, India, planted in the West Bengal, Calcutta region. That's a North Point pastor right there. Look what he's doing. He's doing the same thing we're doing here, baptizing people, former Hindus that are coming to know the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Or we've got work that's going on in Kenya, you know, and, and in uh, areas of the world that, we, you know, we're seeing the same kind of work happen. And by the way, this budget that I'm asking you to vote on, these are the kinds of things that this budget supports. Everything that you've heard about today, which is why we're asking you to support it with your giving. Now, I just say this, if you're not gonna give to it, then I'd be hesitant to vote. But if you vote, start to give to it because we want to see God begin to make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. In fact, Pastor Andrew and Pastor Travis, you know, they were getting ready for some of our uh, purpose trips and missions trips. You got to sign up for these. And so they were over in Moldova and Moldova is right on the edge of the Ukraine and they were doing relief work and Moldova and people in Moldova are doing work with the refugees in the Ukraine right now, and they're seeing thousands upon thousands. I think the stat statistic I heard was 5,000 uh, refugees a day coming to their border. And they're doing work trying to help the people. They were, prepare, they were there preparing and thinking about trips for the future and uh, working with those refugees. But it just so happens that there is a pastor here today, the pastor that we're working with from Moldova, uh, Moldova and I got to have lunch with him on Friday. And I told him, I want you to come and greet the congregation. And so let's hear it for Sergey. Sergey's coming out real quick, Pastor Andrew. Good morning. 
brother, just tell us what you're doing there and, and what God, and you know, how God's working in your church. Uh, I'm a family and youth pastor uh, in Moldova. My name is Sergey Moraro. Uh, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to thank your church for uh, pitching in and helping us with the, our uh, work with refugees in Moldova. Uh, it helps a lot. Uh, we went to the border many times. We rescued people uh, from, from Ukraine to Moldova, uh, just basically uh, being on the phone 24-7, uh, listening to their needs and trying to help as much as we can. And uh, also, I wanted to encourage you, uh, many years ago, uh, I would say 20, 29 and a half years ago, a team from Virginia came to Moldova and shared Christ with uh, a lot of people, and I was among them, and uh, today I'm a pastor. So I wanted to, I wanted to encourage you and uh, give your time to someone. I learned a while ago that that's the best thing you can do. Uh, just give your time to someone else, and it's the most precious thing you can do. So go give your time to someone else uh, here in, in uh, different countries, and this church provides lots of opportunities for you, and uh, make a difference. Make a difference because uh, there is someone who might become a pastor like me. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Amen. Now, Pastor Andrew, just share, share, just very quickly, just share with everybody how much gospel work and relief work in terms of everybody's giving here as a part of the ministry, what was that for this last year? So one of the important things that we hold, a value that we hold is wanting to jump when there are huge needs. And as you see in the news, there is a huge needs that's happening on the border of Ukraine. A lot of help in Ukraine, but on the border of Ukraine. So with Pastor Sergey and other pastors in that danger zone, North Point, you guys contributed $46,400 last year awesome. that, went towards, that, went, that went towards helping people in the crappiest, can I say that? Yeah, the crappiest of situations, yeah. the worst situations, and, and the gospel work engaging, engaging people's hearts along with that. So thank you, Sergey, for coming and for sharing. Um, man, North Pointers, I'm in awe of you, and keep it up. Go, do, yeah. be, yes. And go to a kingdom gathering. That's yeah. right. Come to my house. Use my, <laughs> use my restroom. Let's thank Sergey. <laughs> All right. We're on a mission, guys, as a church. We want to make a gospel mark right down the fourth thing here. We got to keep going right down the fourth thing. Something I can never forget is that I need to do it the way that Jesus did it. Now, listen, Jesus gave us the model in fact, Jesus said in John, he said, I've given you an example to, father, to follow. Do as I've done to you. Jesus gave us the blueprint. He gave us a pattern. So what was the pattern of Jesus? Let me tell you very frankly. How did Jesus do his work? Jesus always cared for the underdog. Always. Jesus cared for the poor. He cared for the sick. He cared for the needy. He cared for the blind. He cared for the age. He cared for the lepers. Listen, Jesus cared for the mentally ill. Jesus cared for the orphan. Jesus cared for the imprisoned. Jesus cared for the homeless. Listen, Jesus went after the people in society that we want to forget about. By the way, that's why I love ministries that reach out to the homeless. You know, I'm so proud of the people at our Bullard campus. It was the most, you know, just right when we started transitioning with them, some teenagers there one night, I've told you this before, but I want to tell you again, some teenagers came and got me and they said, Shane, there is a, a grandma, she's 80 years old, 
And they said, she's a grandma. And I don't know if they knew she was grandma, but she, they said she's grandma. And uh, she said, and uh, a young man that are living on our property, and they were living in the dirt field in a tent on our property. And, and uh, so they go, would you come and meet her? And I'm like, sure. So those two teenagers brought me over to her, and her name is Gloria. Everybody say hi to Gloria. And uh, we start talking to Gloria, and we don't, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. I don't know the story. But we start talking, so we just decide, well, here's what we're going to do. First thing is, let's get you out of the dirt, and let's at least move your tent to the grass, and you can live on the church property for a while, while we start figuring this out together and calling some people. So we start doing that, and Pastor Mike starts working with Gloria and the family and the whole family and stuff. Anyway, through North Point, and just reaching out and saying, hey, there's a family in need. It was amazing how now the church in Kerman picked this up and some folks that had a rental place in Kerman said, hey, we've got the spot for you and check this out. Now they've got a place to live. Yeah. And by the way, it's not, yep, yep. By the way, it's not just Gloria, it's her entire family now. Somebody else stepped up and said, because they don't have a vehicle to start work and get a job, so somebody else decided to give them a car. Um, other people have decided to house this place. The, a, a washer and dryer was just delivered there two weeks ago because now they had a place to live, but the clothes... See, this is why I love ministries like this. This is you. This is your ministry. This is you, people. That's why I love ministries like our Enough Clothing Closet. That's why I love uh, ministries, you know, that, that serve people in their desperate times of need. That's why I love ministries like, have you heard of Limitless around here at North Point? Limitless is working with people with developmental challenges or disabilities. It's why we put together worship nights just for them or we take them on hiking trips. I love ministries that members here start that aren't even really North Point Church ministries, but they're ministries that members have started. Like many of you have heard of Good Dirt, which is a pottery place in town, but they're really serving orphans and the needy and those in foster care or angels of grace or things that members have said, I'm gonna make a difference in our community. See, because Jesus went after the struggling. Jesus went after the hurting and the disenfranchised. And while we want all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, do you know what our problem is? Our problem is, is that usually we only wanna reach out to cool people. <laughs> our problem is we only wanna reach out to beautiful people, successful people rich people, but that's not being like Jesus. Jesus cared for the people that the world wants to forget. Jesus says, I've called you to go sit with an elderly person at home who's alone. That's why I love our elder care ministry around here. Dozens of people go in every month to visit because nobody visits them. Jesus wants you to go to that person who's homeless on the street, and you don't know. By the way, when I approached, when those teenagers took me to the homeless person, do you think I knew what to do? I'm gonna tell you, I had no idea. I was walking up there scared to death going, I have no idea how to help this person. And you know what? I still don't know. We're making this up as we go. That's what makes it so exciting. You say, God, I'm gonna to start to get to know this person. Let's see what happens. Or the person who's sick in the hospital. The point is Jesus cared about people in pain. And God says, if you're gonna be one of my children, you need to care about people in pain. Listen. You say you don't know any hurting people? Open your eyes. They're probably sitting in your row today. Take some time to introduce yourself. Listen, there are people all around you all the time 
That's why I love our peace plan around here at North Point Church that we talk about so often because these are the things that Jesus did. Jesus promoted reconciliation between peoples. He said, get right with God and get right with each other. Jesus equipped servant leaders. Jesus assisted the poor. He cared for the sick. We talk about this peace plan around here. If you stick with us, you're gonna hear about this all the time. But he did these things. And he said to his followers, notice this, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What are you and I to be? Witnesses. Notice, he doesn't say your job is to be my defense attorney. You don't have to defend God. You don't have to force God's love on anybody. You're gonna love God, dang it. You don't have to do that. All you're meant to be is a witness. It's real simple. Tell your story. That's it. What have you seen God do in your life? What have you heard? What have you experienced? Listen, nobody is an expert on being a witness like you are because nobody else can tell your story. And what does it mean to be a witness? It means you just say, look, Jesus Christ has helped me. I'll never forget a buddy coming up to me when I used to not be a pastor. I was working in hum, uh, uh, human resources. But he comes up to me and he says, you seem kind of religious, but I'm, I'm just wondering, like, like, why is that? What makes the difference? And I said, well, I don't feel like I'm religious, but I do love Jesus Christ. You want to talk about that? He goes, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So we took a business trip together. We drove together. And I just told him, man, faith works. Here's the difference it's made in my life. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, notice, in Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, you start where you are, and you move out from there. It's ever-increasing circles. You start in your Jerusalem. What's your Jerusalem? Your Jerusalem is your family. Your Jerusalem is your friends. Your Jerusalem is your co-workers. Jerusalem is code word for start where you are. But then it says, move out from there. And that's what we try and do as a church. We try and move out from there. Number five, write this down. What can I never forget? Love demands that then I move out beyond my comfort zone. By the way, I'm gonna tell you, I'm so proud of the work in Kerman and the, church, and the folks that are out there doing this work in Kerman. You know why? This is what started the work in Kerman. These were families that already watched North Point online, but they said it's not enough to attend church. They literally called me up and they said, Shane, we want to reach our city for Jesus Christ. Churches here are closing and dying. And we don't want them to have to travel to Fresno. How can you help? Let's plant the church. And so we planted a church, and the work that they've been doing is them saying, listen, they could have said, well, I'm just going to keep attending, you know, where I go to church. I'm just going to keep attending North Point and drive to Fresno 20 minutes. But they said, no, we want to reach our community. So they invaded the high school, and they've started doing church. By the way, this started in a barn. This is them working with youth. Why? Because Jesus commands it. Now, guys, listen. Before we're done... I want to talk to you straight from the heart as your pastor for just a minute. I want you to take this little, you know, uh, handout that we've given you. If you would just grab this, this report that we've put together for you. And if you would just take it and open up here, um, open up here. 
you'll notice this page, it says North Point's mission, and then there are three goals that I have put there. If you just grab and take a look at that, you'll see the three goals coming up on the screen. Because our theme this year is together, because we're not just believers, we're belongers, I'm challenging you as you vote on our budget and as you vote to say you're gonna support it through your faithful and regular giving, I'm gonna ask you to make three commitments this year that I'm gonna remind you about all year. And that is number one, that because you're called to do a mission for Jesus, that you'd say, I'm gonna bring three people to church in 23. Three in 23, that's easy to remember. Let's say it together. Three in 23. I'm gonna bring, bring three people to church this year. You're also saying, I'm gonna find my unique contribution by serving in the church. I'm gonna sign up to do something. I'm gonna contribute not just my treasure, which we all need to contribute, but my talent and my time. I'm going to serve. And then the third thing that I'm asking you to commit to this year is learn to give of your money faithfully and generously and humbly so that you will build the kingdom along with us. By the way, to do all the ministries that we've talked about, we've told you to put this in the budget, we need to increase by 11%. I was so excited that Pastor Ronnie said, if we keep giving like we were at the end of last year, it's really just a 7% increase, that's really cool. But really what this amounts to is, if every attender here, if you regularly attend, if you just start adding, to, if you just start giving $2.80, now, you may already be a giver. If you just add $2.80 a week to what you give, and let's say that you're not a giver. If you just start giving $2.80 a week, we will have no problem with our budget. But the point is, is that God has called us to give. Now, we want everybody to become tithers because that's what the Lord told us to do. But some of you are saying, man, I can't give a tenth. 10%'s a lot. Well, don't not do anything. Start where you can. Can you start at 3%? Can you start at 4%? And then you begin to give toward the tithe knowing that you're living your life on mission. I'm being obedient to what God has told me to do. Why? Why do this? Because we're commanded by Christ to do it. Because we're commissioned to do it as a life mission. Because he empowered us to do it. And listen to me. Fourth reason is you're gonna be evaluated when you get to heaven on how you did. One day, you're gonna stand before God. You know, I was thinking about this just the other day. There was a time when we'd say, we're gonna go all over the world, but we really couldn't do that. There was a time in human history where you really couldn't go all over the world. Today, we really can go all over the world. And we can reach people. How much does God care about people? The scripture says that God doesn't want anyone to be lost but he wants everybody to change their lives and come to him, that's what he wants. People ask, well how big should our church get? It's the wrong question. The right question is, should anybody be left out? Listen to me friends, if you wanna be a part of a church that doesn't wanna grow, if you wanna be a part of a church that doesn't reach out, you're basically saying to the world, go to hell. Now let me be as blunt as I can be as your pastor. I'm speaking straight from the heart. The person who says, I don't care about my life mission, the person who says, I don't care about sharing the good news, you're basically saying to the rest of the world, you can go to hell. Guys, we've got to be willing to engage 
Let me tell you something. It takes unselfish people to fulfill their life mission. Some of you say, Pastor, okay, I'm in. I want to do it, but where do I start? Well, we've already said this, but let's say it again. You ready? Write this down. Your mission starts with those who are closest to you. Those who are closest to you. There was once a blind man who was healed by Jesus. He said, Lord, let me travel with you. And Jesus said, no, I want you to go back home. In fact, it's right there in Luke chapter eight. He says, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling people how much he's done. Just circle, go back home, because that's the first thing that God would say to you is just start there. Again, I said this, write it down now so you'll always remember. Jerusalem is code word for my home. It's where I am. Your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your church. What I'm saying is we have an opportunity if we just do it together. How many people are you gonna bring in 23? Three. Are you gonna find your unique contribution in the church and start serving and giving of your life? What's the answer? Should be yes. Are we going to learn to give faithfully and generously and humbly? I hope so. Guys, let me make you this promise. You ready? Before we're done. I know I've gone long. My name is Shane. You know me. Okay. Let me, let me, just, let me just give you this promise. This is amazing. No matter where you're watching from, watch this. Look at this promise. Go ahead and pull this scripture up on the screen for everybody for me, this next one. There you go. It says, Jesus said this, he says, let me assure you that no one who has ever given up anything for the love of me and to tell others the good news, that's your mission. (laughs) There's nobody who's gonna do that that it says won't be given back a hundred times over. A hundred times over. God says, whatever you give, I'm gonna give you back a hundred times over. Do you realize what interest rate that is? That's 10,000% interest. Do you know anybody giving those rates today? (laughs) Look, this vision weekend, I'm asking you to forget about your past. Start thinking about your future. What can God do with a life that is fully committed to him? I wanna find out. Let's pray, let's go to God. Lord, thank you so much for your good work in our lives and in our hearts. Father, thank you that you're moving in us and through us and we wanna be a church that's making a difference. We wanna make a gospel mark on the Central Valley. Father, we ask that you would just help us to do that. Help us to know where we can contribute. Help us to commit to these three things. Lord, let us bring three people in 23 that don't know you and see them come to know you. Lord, we pray over those people even now. Lord, help us, God, to find our unique ministry and begin to serve and to love others. And Father, help us to give faithfully, humbly, trustingly, knowing that it's all yours. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said...